Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wal'aqibatil al-muttaqeen Wal'a'udwana illa ala al-dhalimeen Wa'ashadu an la ilaha illallah Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa'ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Sallallahu alayhi Wa ala alihi wa ashabi Wa man da'a bida'watihi Wa stanna bi sunnati Ila yawmiddin Wa sallam tasliman kathira Amma ba'd فَأُوصِيكُمْ وَنَفْسِي بِتَقْوَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَالسَّمْعِ وَالطَّاعَةِ وَيَقُولُ الْحَقُّ سُبْحَانَهُ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنِ افْتَرَى عَلَى اللَّهِ كَذِبًا أَوْ كَذَّبَ بِآيَاتِهِ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ All praises are due to Allah, Lord of the worlds, and surely the best reward ultimately is for those who have taqwa. And surely there is no animosity except for the oppressor. And I bear witness that Allah is one and has no partners and that Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, is his servant and his last messenger. And may Allah always and constantly send peace and blessings to Muhammad, to his family and to his companions. And to all those who call to his way, and establish his sunnah to the day of judgment. As to what follows, I begin by reminding myself and you of the importance of taqwa, of the consciousness of Allah, being aware of the presence of the knowledge of Allah Azzawajal in everything that we do, being aware that we are ultimately moving in a transition out of this world into another world. And we will have to face our deeds. We were moving from this world back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we should fear Him and have the caution, His understanding in our hearts. And recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed in His mighty book, knowledge, which will continue to be guidance to the day of resurrection. And within this book in Surah Al-An'am in verse 21, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed, and who is more unjust than he who makes or invents a lie against Allah and denies his revelations? Surely the wrongdoers will never be successful. And so Allah Azawajal, in using the construct, construct of dhulm, and we just reminded ourselves, لا عدوانا إلا على الظالمين. That's also in the book of Allah. There's no animosity, no hatred, no anger except for oppressors. But this verse takes it a step further. And it says, وَمَنْ أَظْلَمْ So who is uh, more unjust? Who is the worst form? of an oppressor, but one who invents a lie on Allah. So they invent lies against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they refuse to accept His revelations when the revelation comes. And Allah says clearly that those who are dhalimun, those who are oppressors, that's the same word again, they will never be successful. And so the success, al-falah, lies in keeping the balance, not 
going over the limits. And dhulm can be oppression of one to another on the outside. There can be political oppression, economic oppression, all types of oppression. There's even a form of oppression which is a dhulm al-nafs. It is to oppress yourself by exceeding the limits with our bodies, by exceeding the limits with the life that Allah has given to us, we can actually become oppressors. وَالْعِيَاذُ billah. Oh you who believe, last weekend I was traveling in England, in the UK. And I was traveling between London and Manchester, into what is known as the Midlands. And there in the Midlands, I passed the city of Birmingham. Birmingham is the second largest city uh, in the UK. It has a population in terms of Christians. There are about 494,358 Christians. There are also Hindus, Buddhists, Atheists, Jews, people of, of different religions. The Muslims in Birmingham, which is a fairly large number, make up about 234,411. They're about 22% of the population. And Birmingham is a typical British town. Quiet, the people moving along, no separate areas where there's anybody uh, different except for some concentrations. But it's a typical British city. And as I pass through Birmingham, this famous uh, city and the pr one of the pride of uh, the British, I recalled the words of Steve Emerson. And Steve Emerson is considered to be one of the experts in the West on Islamic extremism. And they bring him on the syndicated programs. And Steve Emerson said in a program that Birmingham is a completely Islamic town. Non-Muslims are not allowed. It's a no-go area for non-Muslims. This information, when it struck the British media, it caused people to go into a state of shock. They couldn't believe that this was being said. He also said there are no-go zones in London where the uh, Muslim religious police will beat anybody who does not dress with Islamic clothes. This news was taken with disgust in Britain. But in America where people are dumbed down, they listen to this and many people not even knowing where Birmingham was, believed it. And so the expert Emerson had to come back on and apologize. This is the same man who in 1995, when the FBI building in Oklahoma City was blown up, and Emerson came on CNN and he said, this has Middle Eastern prints all over it. This is Middle Eastern. In other words, these are Muslims who are doing this. And lo and behold, it turned out that it was a right-wing European-American uh, soldier, working for the, the, the Christian right, who had blown up the FBI building. So this is the same man who made those statements, 
who is still considered to be one of the leading Islamophobes. These are the pundits. These are the people who are whipping up Islamophobia, the fear of Muslims, into the population. And they are allowed to go on mainstream television. In Europe, one of the leading Islamophobes, whose name is Anders Breivik. He's a Norwegian man. And in July of 2011, Breivik blew up a government building downtown Oslo. Then he went to an island, the Utoya Island off the coast of Oslo. There was a youth camp. These were the best of the young people in Norway, the future leaders of the country. And he went to this camp and he gunned down as many people as he could kill until they finally stopped him. 68 people were killed. When they captured him, and they said, are you sorry? He said, I'm not sorry. My mission is to fight the presence of Muslims in Europe. And he had a document, a manifesto, 1,500 words. Where he mentioned in this uh, document, he called it the European Declaration of Independence. He was not ashamed. And he mentioned Islamophobes in the Western countries, in America, Robert Spencer, Pam Geller. He mentioned them in his text. Where was the outcry? Where were the people marching in the streets? He was not gunned down immediately when they caught him. He's still alive, in prison, and he's making a demonstration now because he wants to have a, a better form of internet. His internet is not strong enough. And so a double standard that we are seeing, a double standard rising and rising and rising. And we, uh, the Ummah, the nation of the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, we have to be well aware of what is going on and have solutions. We need direction out of this. One of the main discussions of the Islamophobes is the fear of Sharia. They are afraid of Islamic law. And if you mention Sharia in different parts of the Midwest of America where people are dumbed down, they are afraid. They think that the Sharia means to blow things up, to kill people, to punish, to oppress women. But we know in our teachings that the maqasid, the, the objectives of Sharia is the opposite. The objectives of Sharia, as discussed by Imam al-Ghazali, Rahimahullah and his Mustasfa, the famous uh, book of Usul al-Fiqh, the objectives are to safeguard and to preserve the well-being of people. So it's the opposite. It's not the destruction of people. Sharia means to protect people. And within the maqasid it shows us that number one, the Sharia is established to protect the religion of people. And it protects the religion not by chasing down other religions, but by providing morality in society. So that people can live in a society with morality, with the consciousness of God. Even other religions can be tolerated 
within this construct. Also within the Sharia is the preservation of life. The preservation of human life. That human life is sacred. And that even if a person is guilty of something, we are not vigilantes. We do not assassinate people. The Sharia shows us we are balanced and ordered. And there is a structure within our society because life is sacred. Even one life is a sacred thing in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third part of the uh, maqasr of the Sharia is the preservation of aql. The preservation of intelligence. And that means that the Islamic system would set up an education where a young person can get an education, not only a secular education, but they can also get an education of the revelation. So when they learn the math, when they learn science, when they learn all the different disciplines, it reminds them of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because how could we have such a beautiful uh, universe without a creator? How could there be an immune system in the human body that throws off disease while we sleep without the Creator? How could insects and animals have instinct to help them survive in all different climates without the Creator? How could there be layers of life living at the same time without one who is almighty in power? And so the, the preservation of the intelligence, the mind of the youth comes through a well-balanced education. And also, it allows differences of opinion. It allows people to express themselves, what they call today freedom of expression. It allows this. It gives a society the ability to breathe, for people to think and to use their mind. The Sharia also is the uh, preservation and safeguarding of nasal, of the posterity, to protect your children and your children's children. And that is by providing health and welfare, welfare to society, medical needs of society, to protect the children through their education, through their upbringing, to protect the society from diseases that would strike and destroy our families and destroy the basis of society. The maqasid also included and includes the protection of wealth. And that is that our wealth is protected. That we are allowed to have private property. That we do not have an exploitative society where interest and usury are put on people. Where the rich dominate the poor. These are the maqasid of the sharia. These are the objectives. And, and two key points that come out of our texts as the key objectives of the sharia is rahma and huda. That is mercy and guidance. So the basis of this society is to spread mercy on people. And it is also that human beings ultimately are guided back to the creator of the heavens and the earth so that we could be successful in this life and successful in the hereafter. But the haters of Islam, the Islamophobes and their fear of this 
And those who make wealth off of interest and usury, those who make their wealth off of selling alcohol and drugs, selling pornography, opening up casinos, on focusing on the lower part of people, exploiting people, they're afraid of this. Because if this type of thing spreads, then the banks would not be taking interest from people. It'd be cooperative banking. How can you sell your alcohol, which is drugs in liquid form? How could you sell your drugs? How could you push your pornography? How could you get people caught on gambling? It won't work with a society like this. So for the people who are supporting the corruption, an Islamic society is fearful to them. And that is where the fear is. And it's hard for us to understand this. Because to live in a state of peace and justice, to live with uh, the well-being, to preserve life, to protect each other, that is the essence of being a human being. But we should have no fear. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator of the heavens and the earth, is the one who preserves Islam. It is not Muslims by themselves. We struggle for our own deen. Will we be on the path? But the protection of Islam, and the dignity and the honor of the Prophet Muhammad this is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is no human being, no movement, that can bring this down. It's like a fool blowing at the sun, gathering all his people together to blow at the sun. As much as he blows, he cannot put out the light of the sun. Allah Azza wa Jal tells us, يُرِيدُونَ لِيُطْفِيُوا نُورَ اللَّهِ بِأَفْوَاهِهِمْ وَاللَّهُ مُتِمُّ نُورِهِ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْكَافِرُونَ They intend to put out the light of Allah with their mouths. You see, their mouths, the pundits, their media. They intend to put out the light of Allah with their mouths, but Allah will complete His light. Even though the disbelievers would hate it. But where will we stand in this? What can we do to make a change? Allah tells us very clearly, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah will not change the condition of a people till they change that which is in themselves. So I leave you with some practical suggestions. One of the great scholars of the Sahara Desert, Sahara region, Sheikh Uthman ibn Fudi rahimahullah, the great scholars who lived in the desert, who, who contemplated society, and brought practical information. And again, it is part of the legacy of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu that throughout time there are people who would reflect his light. The light from Allah to the Messenger, to different individuals to reflect this light onto the society, that we could benefit from the light. And from this he looked at the diseases of the heart. What are the things that can make our hearts go wrong? Because this is the essence of the Muslim problem now. In many areas of the world, the non-Muslims, the so-called West, is not the problem. The problem is within us. Because we're too busy struggling against each other. How can we solve this? Number one, the practical solutions, the practical 
focusing on the diseases of the heart, how do we come out of it? Jealousy. Al-Hasad. Jealousy eats away things. It destroys our relationship. A brother makes a little progress. A masjid comes up and the other people are jealous. She has a new baby and the other women are jealous. And the Prophet ﷺ said, إِيَّاكُمْ hasad, Beware of jealousy. فَإِنَّ الْحَسَدَ يَأْكُلْ hasanati, كَمَا تَأْكُلُ النَّارَ الْحَطَبِ He said, beware of jealousy, it will eat up your good deeds like a fire eats up firewood. Don't be jealous of another person. Whatever they have, that's what Allah willed. And the more money you have, it's not a blessing. It can actually turn into a curse. Number two, the fear of poverty, the fear of getting poor, of not having things, it drives people to do strange actions. Because the material world, the stock market is going down, the Canadian dollar now, it's below the US. I'm afraid for my material things. The fear of poverty drives people to lie and cheat and steal and to do all types of strange things. Number three, keeping more wealth than is necessary. Too much accumulated wealth. Yes, you have enough wealth to take care of yourself, to take care of your family, to strive to live comfortable, but when it's too much, that's the danger. And this is where the zakat comes in. This is where Allah Azawajal keeps telling us, Infaq, give your money in the path of Allah. Give constantly. When we hear uh, discussions like this, when we hear appeals like the appeal for Syria, we need to give. Last week I went to the UK because of the Ebola crisis. We raised money for the Ebola crisis. People forgot about Ebola. But it is still killing people in West Africa. And the countries of Guinea and Sierra Leone, and these areas where it's impacted, 75% of the people are Muslims. And so these crises which are being pushed out the way, we need to support. And the Syrian crisis is critical. Especially now in the winter. Number four, holding suspicion against other Muslims. Suwadhan. So you see a person, you say, Asalaamu Alaikum brother, which country do you come from? Who's your sheikh? What's your school of thought? What masjid do you go to? So if somebody's school of thought is different than another, you don't like him? If somebody comes from a, a, a part of the world far away, you don't trust him? This is suwadhan. And suwadhan is one of the worst qualities that we can have. It creates what they call prejudice, where you prejudge an individual. Number five, this is interesting for scholars living in the desert. This applies directly to us today. He said one of the dangers or diseases facing Muslims is testing other Muslims in theological questions. Stop testing each other. Stop trying to find out does he have Tawheed or he doesn't have Tawheed. Does he celebrate the birthday of the Prophet Muhammad or not? Testing people on these questions in order to divide the Muslims up. We now need to come together. And if there's something different with, a, with another Muslim, give that person advice. 
If the person does not accept your advice, make dua for them. That is the way of the ulama. Instead of cursing them or dividing themselves up. Number six, stubbornness, obstinacy in our own opinion. When the individual has an opinion and they will not change, they become stubborn. My way or the highway. There's no other system. My sheikh, my movement. This is a disease which is striking Muslims right now. We can do something by going to other communities, being around other Muslims. Don't be afraid of a Muslim. The people of the Qibla. Now is the time for us to unite. Number seven, anger and uncontrolled emotion. Anger, something is wrong, something is against us, and we go crazy. And we see it happening. They are, yes, they insult the Prophet Muhammad But this is not the beginning of this. They've been insulting him for 1400 years. It doesn't harm us. It's like a dog blowing in the wind. It's not harming us. And we don't back off. But we don't let emotions overcome us to start doing things which is outside of our Sharia. We can't go outside of the way of the Prophet Muhammad to solve our problems. And so Kathratul Ghadab, one man came to the Prophet and said, give me advice. And he told him, La Taghdab, you just don't get angry. Just control yourself. So now we need controlling of the emotions. The Prophet said, the strong person is not the good wrestler. Right? It's not black belt. The strong person is the person الَّذِي يَمْلِكُ نَفْسَهُ عِنْدَ الْغَدَبِ He is the one who controls himself when he's angry. That is the strong person. Number eight, greed and ambition. Greed, I've got some money, I want more money. I want to be this, I want to be higher and higher and higher and higher in the dunya. Struggling against each other. Instead of being humble. The Prophet ﷺ, although he was receiving revelation from above seven heavens, he was humble. They asked him, who are you? He said, I'm the son of one of your women. That's his answer. No pride, no personal pride. But he is Rasulullah taslim. Number nine, doing things too hasty. Doing things too quickly. Not thinking about what we do. The Prophet ﷺ said, Al-Ajala min shaitan That doing things too quickly is from the devil. Think about what we are doing. Plan. If we don't plan, then we are actually uh, planning our own failure. Calmness. Organize. Think. Project in the future. And number 10, the excessive love of food and drink. Too much material things in this dunya. We need to clear our minds, clear our lives. Because we are under a challenge. It's a great challenge to this ummah. And what it has meant in the past, whenever pressure was applied to us, we know Islamic history, this is sunnatullah, then that means a change is near. That nasrullah is close. But it just means we have to be the ones to deserve the help of Allah Azza wa Jal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to clear our hearts and to clear our minds. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to unite our ranks and bring love amongst us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise the banner of Islam in the world. And may Allah azza wa jal always bless and give the highest position to our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Raise his name above all other names. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullahi wa lakum. Wali sa'ili muslimin min fulidhan bin istaghfiru innahu huwa Alhamdulillah, Al-Wahid Al-Ahad, Al-Fard Al-Samad, Al-Ladhi Lam Yalid Wa Lam Yulad, Wa Lam Yakullahu Kufuwan Ahad, Wa Usalli Wa Usallam Ala Khatam Al-Anbiya'i Wa Mursaleen, Nabiyana Muhammad, Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Ajma'een, Wa Ba'd. Ya Ibadullah, Ittaqullah, Haythuma Kuntum, Wa Yaqulu Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Inna Likulli Umma Fitna, Wa Fitna to Ummati Al-Mal. Every nation has a trial and test. And the trial and test of this nation is wealth. وَيَقُولَ الْحَقِّ سُبْحَانَ مُخْبِرًا وَآمِرًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِكَ وَرَسُولِكَ مُحَمِّدْ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَارْضَ اللَّهُ عَنَ الْخُلَفَاءَ الرَّاشِدِينَ أَبُو بَكَ عُمَّ عُثْمَان وَعَلِي وَأَنَّا بِرَحْمَتِكَ أَرْحَمَ رَاهِمِينَ الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله ربنا لا تزي قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفع عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبراء اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إباد الله يرحمكم الله إن الله يعمل بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربة وينهى عن الفشاء ومنكر بغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون وأقيم الصلاة